0: Yo, 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 it's your boy Sneaky from
1: R&R, recognition and respect. Tune in every Monday from 8 to 9 to catch up with me and my adventures and hear from my guests ranging from artists to entrepreneurs and much, much more. Catch us every Monday of the week on the west side of the after party. See you at the party, y'all.
0: They'd rather see me lose. They'd rather I was singing the blues. They'd rather act like I never paid dues. Cause they'd rather see me lose. They'd rather see me lose. See me lose. I was born to lose to a family of violence conceding hardcore drug abuse i got nothing to prove no need to improve Embrace the negativity and stay in my groove don't say unless you've been in my shoes i'm chugging the bruise pounding the booze all the while popping these blues overreacting like i got a short fuse oh did you miss a clue well allow me to deliver i'm surfing bad news Robbing liquor stores with exposed tattoos, life's overwhelming, pressure's breaking my screws, step to this, you get yes, socked nah. up, I mean battered and bruised, no excuse, seek my pain, I'm abused, simple and plain. I refuse, impossible to face the problem, see it's my own attitude Yo, They'd rather see me lose, they'd rather I was singing the blues They'd rather act like I never paid dues Cause they'd rather see me lose, they'd rather see me lose, see me lose When you've been through what I've been in what I've seen, staying hot, or for that green is like an everyday thing, around my way Things ain't always what they seem, no one Is squeaky clean, some are shootin' for the stars Steady following their dreams, other shot For the gutter and made it, never was And never gonna be, because they ain't shit The type of cats that don't even be taking care Of they kids, I don't play with toys, no Boy, I'm on my grown man shit, and Oh boy, you'll be destroyed, off my close hand Shit, I flow and spit, y'all not equipped To get with this knowledge, so pay homage, I'm on My old man shit, Oh man, it's about To get hot, because I'm heated, plus I need never been defeated, top seated, never cheated. All my ways caught on a fair one. I dare, son to try and shine. This dog consumes whole crews. It ain't worth the work, unless it's hard work, and you'll never see me lose. Everybody struggles. Everybody struggles. Everybody struggles. Everybody's struggles. Yo, they'd rather see me lose. They'd rather I was singing the blues. They'd rather act like I never paid dues, cause they'd rather see me lose. They'd rather see me lose, see me lose. Everybody body struggles, Everybody body struggles, happy body struggles, Everybody body struggles, happy body struggles, happy body struggles, Everybody struggles. Everybody struggles. Everybody stronger,
1: What's up party people? How y'all doing? Welcome back to Recognition and Respect With your boy, Sneaky On the west side of the after party <clears throat> Man, I'm tired I don't know why I'm tired Actually, I do know why I'm tired But I can't tell y'all why I'm tired So let me just start by telling y'all why we're able to do this every week, it's because of our awesome sponsors. This show is sponsored by first and foremost Night Flare Company, a film, music, production, and booking company that uh is made up of JQ Sounds, who does live audio engineering and live recording. Napalm Monkey and Flying Chimp who do all kinds of different videos, drones, music videos, artist showcase, any kind of video content. <coughs> Frankie Valentine, who does in-studio music production and recording, as well as Sneaky Entertainment, who does marketing and booking. And we have a uh, list of promoters, such as Alternative Shows LA, and Derange, and Blue Line District, and a couple other people who... Are constantly booking new acts, finding new venues, and putting together dope shows to bring together all of these different elements. So, if you need if you need any of that, multimedia, any kind of um, production, event production, booking, reach out to the Knife Flair Company. <coughs> oh wow, my throat's messed up. Hold on, let me take some water real quick. Sorry, people. Too much weed smoke. <coughs> And if you're like me and you smoke too much weed and maybe you want to start doing, uh, you know, edibles or try micro dosing, I suggest you check out the homegirls at Do Drops Delights. We actually put some uh, – we put a date on the book, so we'll be bringing them in to talk about their product. But they are the home of the Wake and Bake Bar. And uh, they use high-quality ingredients, wholesome breakfast bar, oats, nuts, chocolate, THC, uh, 12 hour infusion process to make sure they get the most amount of THC. The bars are delicious, Um, they help you stay regular, Uh, they get you high. They also have this thing called the joy juice, which is a their green dragon tincture. It's a hundred and ninety proof alcohol that used a 30 day extraction process and it's basically a little bottle with a dripper and you can drip um different levels of THC into anything food drinks anything you know it's a little enhancer a little more low key helps you micro dose, helps you uh, if you're you know you can't smoke or you're trying to get away from smoking it's a good alternative honestly i uh i dig their products that's why they're sponsors they hook me up with free stuff it's bomb i use it and so if you're interested in edibles check them out do drops the lights of course my band the midnight motives their new album visions is available on itunes spotify and everywhere where music is uh streamed and bought so support them uh they're dope they have a dope eclectic style you're into music even if you're not I suggest you know you support the podcast if you like the conversations we're having just continue to support those who support us cuz we're trying to build up these economies you know sustainable um a couple more sponsors goldivarte uh, episode 1 my boy ray he uh makes all my merch shirts CDs pins stickers hoodies hats long sleeves whatever you need my boy is constantly uh upping his game and really help he's helped me a lot with my branding and how to like make myself uh have more diverse sources of income by having clothing and stickers and just like more options you know and that's what i've noticed a lot since i've been working with a lot of vendors i've noticed that the people who have a larger setup with a more variety of options they make more sales because you're you're opening yourself up to a wider audience right so me as a musician as an artist as a dj that's one avenue that I can make money either playing music or getting paid to perform. But once you have merchandise and you have different types of merchandise and you start expanding what your online store could look like, well, now you've opened up a whole new uh, economy, different revenue sources. So keep that in mind. And if you're looking for, you know, merch or uh, to find a way how to brand yourself and get yourself, you know, some 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 um, something tangible, give away a swag, hit up my boy uh, Cultivarte Studios. So... And finally, last but not least, Awakening Authenticity is a self-help, motivational, personal development blog started by my high school friend, Sin Arias. And basically, it was just uh, out of a need for her to find out how to elevate herself and get herself in a more pure mindset. And she realized, you know, there's like a, a need for this. People are looking for resources, looking for gurus, looking for powerful quotes, looking for insight, looking for any kind of, you know, information. Like information is the most powerful thing. Today we live in the age of information. So the more you know, the more you can read, the more you can gather from other people's wisdom, other people's experiences. It's all out there on the internet. So Homegirl came here, she paid the fee. She wanted to try to get us some traffic to her page. She wanted to try to get her message out, and that's what we did, you know? So those are my sponsors. Again, I appreciate each and every one of you for seeing the vision, keeping it alive week after week, allowing me to talk to my awesome guests. And uh, before I get to my guest today, super excited about my guest today, uh, I got to talk about Adventure Time because I had a packed week, man. On Tuesday after the show, we did Katie Jakes. Um, It was lit. I got lit. I ended up crashing out there in uh, West Co. And the next day, I woke up, and uh, I got stood up, and then uh, I ended up going to meet up with the homegirl Shanti Creative, who I'm going to be bringing on the show soon. But essentially, she spent the last year building up this brick and mortar, this showroom that was also like a gallery and a fashion design where they you know, had clothes and different things for sale. And essentially, she's not being able to renew her lease. So after a year of working so hard to make this space, this vibrant artist showroom, um, it's going away. So I helped her pack some stuff up. Super sad, but at the same time, you know you gotta look at everything like a blessing, or look at everything as like just a, another challenge, another step in the road. You know, another another um another disruption that's getting to where you need to be at, right? Because at some point, you know, if there is a plan, if you're as long as you're staying true to yourself, you're gonna get pushed and pulled, but you're always gonna land on your path. So. Shout out to Shanti for, uh, you know, working really hard for that. And I'm sorry that you lost your space. But, you know, we're on to bigger and better things, baby girl. So don't trip. Then I DJed at UC San Diego for the uh, Graphic Studio's 10-year anniversary. And y'all know I love going back to SD. It always recharges my batteries. It's always nice to run into people, you know, who I used to work with, who have been following me on social media and are super proud about all the things I'm doing about. just It's such a reminder that, you know. <coughs> there, are, uh, there are a lot of folks that are rooting for me and watching the journey. So as much as I do this for myself every day, I got to remember that there's like this bigger picture that's going on. And uh, last but definitely not least, uh, I think it's finally safe to say that um, I probably secured one of my largest clients now, and I hope I'm not speaking too soon. So David, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but um, Border X Brewing. In Bell, it's finally going to be doing their grand opening in March of this year, and uh, I've been contracted to run their event calendar. And so, I'm going to essentially be running a venue in my neighborhood that's going to be a platform for all the local artists as well as you know people that are coming from all over. It's going to be a chance to really cultivate some legit culture in the hood, you know, I feel like we haven't had a potential to have a venue like this since the Allen Theater, so, and that's like historical shit, so I'm super happy to be a part of it, super excited, Uh, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, we're gonna have a huge grand opening, and then the rest of March, I'll be programming, and then if all goes according to plan, um, that's gonna be my gig, so going forward... Border X will be a sponsor, hopefully, of the show, and um, I'm gonna be talking about all the dope things that we're doing with them, as far as bands and DJs and community events and trying to build up this community center. This, this, this. I don't know. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to process. I'm still trying to figure out what that's gonna look like, and honestly, I'm super excited. This is something that I've been working on for the past. 3 to 4 months and it's finally coming together so uh um I don't know it's uh I haven't I haven't processed it all yet but uh, I went out and got a tattoo to celebrate so thank you Eric inspired one for fitting me in yeah and that's how real this shit is out here so <clears throat> without further ado damn my throat is fucking with me <clears throat> my guest today señor darkside
2: yes mr yes.
1: amaya nine zero zero four,
2: four two, two. <laughs> yes sir say what's up to the people Darkside. uh what's happening ladies and gentlemen on um, peoples out there uh i go by the name of dark side nine zero zero four two the illustrious and praiseworthy mr amaya and uh you know just doing my thing i'm from northeast l.a the king island park um <laughs> nella claus yeah, <laughs> nella, yeah during, the, during the christmas time i'm nella claus uh, i wear a lot of different hats but um. Uh, you know, basically, I'm just an artist, an emcee, a poet, um, songwriter, and, uh, you know, I teach for a living, do a whole bunch of things.
1: So, if, people, if someone was to ask you, what do you do? Is that how you would tell them? Is that what you would tell them?
2: Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd first ask them, how much time do they have? <laughs> so I could run down the line. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, I mean, um, I think, um, first and foremost, my, my energy is, is that I'm an artist. I create um, it's what keeps me sane. And as we all know, artists are already a little crazy as it is. So. Yes, sir, yes we are. By releasing my art, that's how I maintain the balance, you know, putting it out to the world and letting the you know, other people consume it. Um, but I do it for me. It first and foremost, I make art for myself. I like to listen to myself. I like the way I sound, I like the way I put words together. And if other people get something out of it, then that's that's a bonus. So um and then, you know, like I said, I teach for a living um but i'm i'm uh happy in the sense that i actually like my job right when i wake up every morning well maybe not every morning but most mornings most mornings i'm ready to go you know and and at the end of the day when i lay my head to rest i feel like i did something um you know i'm a revolutionary um I'm, i'm a revolutionary thinker i'm an activist and so uh the way that i plan to change the world is one young mind at a time you know i try to lay out a groundwork and Um, and so that's the best way I could do it is fight, fight the fight from within and, uh, teach the youth, uh, not what to see, but where to find, where to find information, how to use that information, how to process it, how to understand it. And, um, it's my way of trying to make the world a better place, you know? Hey dog, it's 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 a noble cause,
1: and you know, with the whole teacher strike and all that, like yeah. obviously, yeah, we we'll definitely there's a lot that. of controversy about what you know how much it's valued, but
2: yeah. <clears throat> so I think it's one of the last of the noble professions, one of the last of the noble callings, um, you know. And then I also do some activism. I'm a member of the Hip Hop Congress, uh, which is a national nonprofit organization. So you know, people interested, they can look up Hip Hop Congress dot uh, com dot org. You know, either one, I believe, goes there. And, uh, it's a movement that I've been involved with since 2001, um, and it's changed over the years, but, uh, under the guidance of my man, uh, Raman Jamal, um, you know, he's, he's the president and he's, uh, kind of revitalizing the national organization. So, um, you know, that's one of my activist roles, a hip hop activist. I, I try to bring quality music to places where it, it, it just isn't now. And, um... I also am affiliated with an organization called Artists United to End Homelessness. Our goal is to end homelessness. Uh, We don't want to just go out and feed the homeless and give them socks and uh, jackets and blankets, although that's cool. You know, like, they need it, so help. I'm not saying not to help. But we need to attack the root of the problem and actually eliminate um, homelessness because, you know, there's something like 18 million vacant homes uh, in, in the country and we only have about thirteen million homeless, so we could actually put. Oh. We have more vacant homes than we have homeless people. Right. So we could put everybody in a home and still have homes for the market. So, um, you know, but this is a capitalist society, and it's it's hard to think that way. So we're trying to. Like, Use art to change people's perspective and yeah. raise awareness about this.
1: Definitely, definitely. Like John Safari said, why don't we put all the people without homes in the homes without, without people, people, right? Super simple, exactly, but yeah. not. Nah. And uh, actually, you reached out. One of the reasons why we first connected, well, first of all, we connected through my old high school band teacher. Yeah. Shout out, Fernie.
2: Yeah, Fernando Almadez, shout out.
1: <clears throat> um. But once you rocked my show and we talked after, you did reach out about Artists United to End Homelessness. And that's one of the things that you really wanted to, like, collaborate on and get me involved in. So that's kind of how our conversations outside of just performing and music and hip-hop kind of developed. I mean,
2: that's that's what I want to do. That's kind of the, you know, again, I want to change the world. And so, um, you know, the youth is one way, but this is another way because that's a very revolutionary idea. Right is like ending homelessness because it goes against capitalism, right? Nobody, no, I don't think there's a capitalist that will say publicly, uh, we need homelessness in order for this system to run. But it's true, right? That if if they have the homeless to point at and say, if you don't do what we say, if you don't follow our rules and play our game, that could be you. Right. So it doesn't benefit them to end this this scourge. Homelessness is a scourge, right? It's like police. They're not interested in ending crime. They're interested in managing it. Right. Right, And in some cases, they even perpetrate it so that they can have a reason to police. And I uh, mean, doctors the same, the same aren't… I was
1: going to say yeah. health. The health profession could be the yeah, same Yeah, they're not thing. in the
2: interest of curing anything. They're in the interest of prolonging disease. yeah. Yeah, yeah. diseases and prolonging care so they can make money because capitalism's number one focus is making the most amount of profit for the least amount of expense, You know, right. the cost. Um, so, you know, I, I, function in a capitalist society. Um, you know, I use money definitely, but to me, it's a tool. And, you know, I think that, uh, I would rather my taxes went to housing people and feeding people and right, educating right, people, right, right. not to killing people for resources. And I think if you were to give is,
1: anybody so. that option, those two
2: things they would agree, yeah, right? Definitely. We always talk about this, you know, that um that there's very few people in the world that will say, nah, homelessness is cool. We don't need to do anything about it. Yeah, right. No, you're most not. Most gonna... people are gonna say, Yeah, it's a problem. It's we issue. need to do something about it. Um, but the then, issue is then they don't want it in their backyard. They're right, like, they I want
1: a shelter they, Or they, they demonize here. those people, like, yeah. yeah, we do need to fix those people and it's get, them, their to they, yeah, and get lazy, them to stop being lazy and get them to stop being on drugs yeah. or whatever. Well, that was a legit that's probably the most powerful Intro I've had maybe one of the most for sure because right, I feel like in that one little that one little segment we did right now people could kind of understand where you're coming from how you think
2: yeah definitely
1: so let's take it back a little bit give a little bit of backstory so how long have you been doing music how long have you been teaching and like Ooh. what kind of wanted you to get into those things in the beginning um, so, are they connected
2: or well so music um, so I started writing poems. For girls in like the fifth grade, right? I used to impress girls with my ability to write poems about them or with their name and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> in the fifth grade. Um,
2: and then Impressive. in the sixth grade, I was introduced to hip-hop by my older half-brothers who would come down from San Bernardino every other weekend. And one weekend, they brought like a Curtis Blow tape or something. I think I think the first one was that they watched Beat Street on TV. And I watched it because I Back had to, right? I didn't Beat Street, dog. Yeah, right? Wow. I didn't get to pick what we watched. So. <laughs> but I was like geeked on it, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then the next time they came down, they had like a Curtis Blow tape, right? America. And I stole it and I hit it. And so whenever they were gone, I'd be playing it and then I'd be watching this um, you know, American Bandstand and copying the dance moves and Soul Train and copying the dance moves. And then you see like the the New York City breakers on Soul Train or on American Bandstand. And so then I see breakdancing, which I saw in the movie, and that just opened me up. And so I started with uh breakdancing and then I realized that the ability to write poems, that's what raps were. So I started making up little raps. And um, and so whereas I started the poems to impress the girls, the raps were to impress the homies, the right, older kids. Right, 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 And so, you know, um, that's how I got in is I would just make up little raps for people. You know, they tell me, oh, rap about this. And I just freestyle something, just four bars, you know. And, uh, and I liked it. And then I just got more and more into it. And, and it was easy for me. Um, and then I got struck by knowledge itself in about the 10th grade um, and started rapping with some kids that were, that were from, um, from like the mid-city area, right? Uh, my homeboy Savant won. Shout out to the homie Savant. Um, he came from like Hamilton High School area where like Merce and, uh, and uh, Thess one and Double K from People Under the Stairs. Like all the classic LA underground heads, they were all, you know, in and around that area. And uh and so I went from like loving gangster rap, and then um, I used to call myself MC Money. I had a dollar sign etched in my head. I had dollar <laughs> sign and <laughs> I had a dollar money. sign money clip with no money in it. But um, you know everything was MC Blang, Money, bling bling yeah, yeah. And I used to rap like um, I don't know if you remember Crisscross, basically like it's the miggity miggity Mac Daddy, riggity riggity rockin I used to do that riggity miggity style and um so one day these cats approached me like hey look i seen you signed up for the talent show like bust something so i started with the mickety shit, and they kind of like laughed at me yeah and then they busted and they were on some abstract like dope hip-hop shit right, right right That just got me wide open and then i started hanging out with them cats and um you know they put me up on game and took me around some of those people that i mentioned that that were like um you know they were the the the, the in the beginning of the la underground hip-hop scene so uh you know i had that exposure and whatnot and i just kept doing it i just kept doing it and um the problem is though is that i got into drugs in in, in <laughs> like the 11th grade yeah classic and uh story. you know i still would rap but you know we'd be smoking pea dogs and i'd be rapping but while i was caught up doing that the homies were out doing shows and they were meeting people and they were making music recording and, yeah.
1: networking and so
2: all those cats ended up you know going out becoming the living legends touring around the world before they were 21 you know while i'm over there smoking p-dogs with the homies they weren't really my homies to tell you the truth and then shout out to the homie Savan again that fool snatched me up one day and was like yo bro i don't like that shit like if you want to hang out with me you can't be doing that shit no more and I thought about it. I was like, well, fuck. This fool really doesn't, you know, he wouldn't impress the issue if it wasn't major.
1: Right, right, right. And
2: it kind of woke me up. And I kind of kicked the habit. And, um, uh, you know, but by then, it was it was too late. Everything had kind of passed for a second. And so I joined the Army. And, uh, you know, because I, I wanted to go to college. I knew that. But I didn't have no money. So I joined the Army right out of high school. And I uh, did that for two years. And, you know, I I stacked some money. And I bought some turntables with a little sampling mixer and stuff like that and um, you know I just progressed from there and then uh, a friend that I went to school with um, he inherited a business and so he gifted me a $3,000 check and I bought my first Pro Tools rig in 1998 and uh, I've just been making music since then just recording and, and making my own music. So when did um, the teaching start happening?
1: Well, you obviously got out of the so, Army and went yeah, to college so, eventually.
2: So when I got out of the Army, I went to recording school, the LA Recording Workshop, and I um, I learned how to be a recording engineer's assistant. And I got my certificate, and I got a job at Enterprise Recording Studios, which no longer exists. Um but um you know it was a it was a major recording studio at the time like grammy hits were made in the, in those studios right 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 i was i was around people who i had their cd at home or i had just saw them on mtv and here they are in the studio you know uh, hanging out so um but you know i got into the business the music business and the studio business because i wanted to be a rapper and i thought well i'm going to meet some rappers i'm going to let them hear me they're going to like me and they're going to sign me and, um, that's yeah, so easy, right? Yeah, but it wasn't. So I, <laughs> I found that out because I was actually, uh, I delivered food to one of the sessions and then the home was like, yo, come in here. So I went in there and it was red man and method man were in there. Right. And so they wanted to order uh, a box of blunts each and then some like Hennessy and shit like that. And, um, and so the engineer, he was this cool cat. Um, I know his first name's Bob, but I cannot remember for the life of me what his last name is, and it'll come to me sometime. Sorry, Bob. But, um, you know, he was a well-known engineer, uh, you know, made a lot of money, did a lot of hits. And he was like, oh, yo, Dark Side raps. And, uh, and Red and Method Man were like, this white boy? And uh, the assistant engineer was like, yeah, he's actually pretty good. And they were like, "Well, the, I know you know what's up, because I guess he had, you know, showed him some some music." They asked him what he listened to, and he played them some stuff, and they were surprised about what he listened what his to.
1: His taste was, yeah. So
2: they were like, "Run that beat." So the engineer hit the beat, and I started freestyling right. And so I'm hyped. I'm like giving my best freestyle performance ever, and I'm, you know, I'm done. And then so those fools start rapping, and so we're ciphering in the studios, passing a blunt around, and I'm working, mind you, and um. And then, so, you know, we're done with the little session. And I'm like, all right, so, yeah, you know, what's up? When he, like, let's let's talk a record deal. What's up? Give me a deal. And these fools were kind of like, well, nah, man, that's not how it works. Like, we don't have no power to give no record right. deals. Right, they, they don't know their yeah, label. We don't, yeah, at this time, they didn't. Nowadays, right, right. they now, might have yeah, been able now, to, Yeah,
1: if you met them now, they could do whatever they, they you need. Yeah, but. but
2: then, you know, they had, I mean, Red and Meth were doing the the Blackout album in the studio. So, They hadn't, you know, meth had just done the first to cow. So, um, but yeah, so they, you know, that's when I realized. And then I had a, uh, engineer named Dave Pensado. Uh, you should check him out. Shout out to Dave Pensado, Pensado's place. Um, you know, he's another hit maker and, uh, an assistant engineer was playing my music while he was setting up when Dave came in. And so he went to turn it off and Dave's like, nah, leave it on. I like it. So, um, we listened to it and, um, or well Dave listened to it and then one day he called me in and he's like hey look you know I like your stuff you got talent he's like I could get you a record deal if you want um and I'm like cool so then he was like all right well, we're going to go have dinner and we're going to talk about this and then I'll set you up some appointments up, depending on how the talk goes well the talk was basically he was telling me like look I like your content but the the people I'm going to introduce you to they're going to want your talent not quite not what you're not what you're saying right but your ability to You know, sound good saying it. So they're going to give you songs, music, image, everything. It might not be what you want. It might not be up your alley. He's like, so I want you to know this because I don't want you to get in the business and can't do your music right away. How you want to do it And be and like Dave say that sold me out ever
1: told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: he wanted to tell me that And being young 23 years old And an idealist I was like I don't want nah, to compromise man. My artistic gotta integrity my, Gotta
1: do my thing Have to be me My yeah. words
2: were Exactly I don't want to Compromise my artistic integrity For any amount of money Now If 42 year old me Could go back and tell 23 year old me One thing It would be Take the deal fam Take it You never know what's gonna happen um, so we'll get, to people, your, we'll get
1: to your tips later, bro. When
2: people ask what can you know, uh, what would you do differently? Um, that is usually the number one answer. However, I usually answer 99 percent of the time that I wouldn't change a thing because I have three beautiful children, um, you know, that are my world, and uh, I have a job that I like.
1: And we saw haven't um, gotten to have why you started teaching yet. Yeah,
2: you're right. <laughs> so, uh, long story short, yeah, or thanks. short story long, or whatever. <laughs> um, I decided after three years in the music business and the recording studio business where I wasn't getting a record deal, uh, I was like, I need to do something different. So I went out to the desert with some friends and ate some mushrooms, and my spirit guide came to me and told me to...
1: Mushrooms. Did you hear um, that, Brady? Yeah,
2: Mushrooms. He told me that uh, that I should go into education and become a teacher. So I, I signed up at Cal State LA, and I got my degree, my bachelor's degree in English with a teaching credential option, and I followed up and got the teacher credential I started teaching in 2006 at Marshall High School when it was a multi-track school, and I was out in the bungalows. Is that where you met uh, Barlos? Changing lives. Yeah, Barlos <laughs> was one of my students in that class. Yeah, 2006, 2007. That first year. class. Yeah, yeah. No way. I, I, might, it might have been my first or second. I was there for two years. Wow. One of those two years, he was my student. I don't remember exactly what year, but there's. I have had a handful of students that I ran into, but he's the first one that I ran into that, that's like rapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like doing it. Um, I have some students that. You know, that I taught. And while I was teaching them, they wanted to rap and we worked and stuff like that. But it was the first time where I didn't really influence directly. And one day, you know, as adults, you know, I'm sitting there at your spot. Yeah. At the speakeasy. And I hear a Mr. Amaya. And like nobody <laughs> calls me that. Everybody calls me dark side in the street. Right, 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 right. So I'm like, oh, who the fuck is this? And it yeah. turns out it's, it's Barlow's, man. And he's like, yeah, I rap now. I was like, Wow. Um so yeah, you know, I mean it's funny how the world works, man. Three hundred and sixty degrees on the rotation. So you never wanted to be a teacher, like that wasn't something that you thought about um, growing yeah, up. Yeah, no, you know what or... it was. It was. I thought about it. I had thought about it. Um, but it wasn't my focus. It, it was always something that was like, Yeah, that sounds cool, but I never really was serious about it till I was serious about right, it. Right, right, you know? right. That's
1: cool. Um That's cool. but
2: it's the greatest it's one of the greatest decisions I ever made, you know, it's like I really enjoy my job. When I'm out with my homies and they're talking shit about their bosses or talking bad about like, they hate their job, I'm like, man, I, don't, you, I can't you, feel you're you. You're blessed. Bro. You like, don't have yeah. those problems. I'm like, you know, you-, you guys enjoy this conversation. I'm going to go talk to these girls over here because I ain't got nothing <laughs> in common with y'all. I might as well see what I got in common over there with them.
0: So, All right.
1: Um, we covered the first half of the recognition. We got right. to know who you are, the teacher, the activist. So let's get into this respect part because we've had right. conversations Just- where you told me that uh, – You have made money off of music. You have been able to throw shows where you're able to pay people and walk away with some cash. Um, You are, we kind of touched on it, like the social justice advocate united against, you know, the end homelessness, the teacher strike. So let's get into this. So business, money, music, you tried doing that. We, you
2: know, it, it, it worked, it didn't work. How, what's what's your experience with that? Um, so, I mean, personally, man, I'm not a businessman. You know, I'm an artist and I'm bad at business. Um, you know, even when I was selling weed, I was bad at it. You're I are smoking more it. <laughs> and, you know, I was, uh, instead of selling it to the homies, I, I'd smoke with them and then they'd just get a gram instead of an eighth because we smoked an eighth mm. of my stash. And, right, you know, right, right. So, you know, I just never really been good at selling things and selling myself or anything like that. So... Um, but I did put on shows, and and I was good at organizing those, and that was selling a vibe, and that was a little easier, you know what I mean? Than
1: to sell music or yeah, to sell weed?
2: Yeah, I sold, I curated a stage, and I collaborated with other people that had a brand existing already. And I would take over for one night. So they had a weekly. And so one night a month, I would take over got their upstage it. stage. So Something kind of that was already
1: established yeah, a little bit. Yeah.
2: And so basically, I got known for when I did – when the Melting Pot was at Urban Underground, they knew that it was quality music was going to be there, right? Because they seen a couple of my shows. And they might not have known the artist, but they were dope because I curated that stage. I, I didn't let it. just anybody rap. I had to vouch for them. Right. Um. There was like one or two times and where you had
1: your ear to the street. You had yeah, homies. You knew what good yeah, music was. I mean, like. for
2: real, that we were plugged in, and there was plenty of people who were willing to perform at that time, uh, just to get stage time, um, and so getting paid was the bonus. And so since we were charging at the door, and I was taking a cut of the door, um, you know, if I had money in my pocket, I was breaking bread because I always like to break bread with my peoples more than just somebody I, you know, I don't know. Or, right, right, right. You know, so. Um, And I'm not a greedy fool who's going to walk away with a pocket with, you know, $300 when my DJ brought equipment and worked the whole night, you know. So I made sure I paid them at least $100. Um, And then, you know, the acts that had the most people there and had the, the crowd reaction and were really putting on a really good show, you know, that's who I would break bread with because they, you know, obviously put in as much work or or slightly less work than I did, just putting it all together in the right, first right, place. Right. Um, you know, and it was cool because it got people exposure to a fan base uh, that they didn't have that were there because it was Dark Side's melting pot. Right. And they knew that it was going to be quality music, you know. So, so at that point, you were kind of creating the platform for these acts to get on. Yeah, and, and so that was had... what Hip Hop Congress was about. Right. So they had the outlet, you know. Um, we made a space for acts that wouldn't normally have an outlet and put them on stages with those that did, so that way it was it was synergistic. There right? was some
1: balance to it. Yeah. yeah,
2: there was some people who nobody knew, and they had three or four people in the crowd, and then there were acts that were you know at those, least known in the LA underground. Even those acts really,
1: that didn't that weren't known, they were still dope.
2: They were still good. Yeah, they still had quality music pumping out, and they were they were moving towards that. You know, um, like I said, there was one night where. Uh, I put somebody on on the strength of another person's word and they were garbage. And then there was another night where I, I put somebody on on the strength of another person's word and it, they blew my mind. It was dope. So I was like, wow, this is cool. Um, and then Hip Hop Congress is national. So whenever people from other, you know, from out of town were in town, if if I had a night or we would coordinate, they'd hit me up like, hey, when's your next night? And I'd tell them, and they'd book a couple different shows for the weekend they're gonna be out here. Right, of course. And then they'd come and do my show. And since they came from all the way out of town, I would usually at least you know feed them, take them to eat or something. Right, 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 right. Or you know break them off with at least a couple bucks for you know so they could get some food on the way back to the hotel. Because they were paying their own way. They got their own hotel, or maybe they they might have negotiated that as part, part of, of the another deal from deal. the other shows. Yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, we did. We had an uh, outlet and a platform that was really good. It was community based. It was in my neighborhood. Um, you know, it moved around a couple times, but um, I had a lot of fun doing it. But then I then I didn't have fun doing it anymore, and it got to be a job. like a job. And 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 the scene changed. You know, the like, scene what do you changed. Mean? Well, pay to play killed underground hip hop so you hear know. that
1: Brittany? <laughs> every time we got it. so every time pay to play comes up every time
2: yeah i mean you know it's the model now and it and it's accepted but like i said i used to curate a stage and pay to play doesn't do curation their curation is based on who can afford to get on stage right or who so, has
1: enough fucking friends and wedding. exactly a i mean VIP there's a there's a there's a promoter that, that i buy. will not
2: name and there's a group that he's affiliated that i will not name that used to pay $500 to get on a, on his stage and to get the prime spot, um, regardless if they brought anybody or anything like that. And they were garbage, but they had money and money talks. So, you know, uh, and, and so pay-to-play made it so that anybody that can put money in the pockets of the promoter was going to get stage time. And, and so it was like Robin Peter to pay Paul, right? You would charge the local acts make them sell tickets and if they didn't sell the tickets they still had to pay for whatever they had committed to and you take that money and then you pay your headliner right who so hopefully they, you're
1: not on the you're not on the hook for so your you're games. not
2: on the hook for it. so all your expenses are paid and then you take the door and that's in your pocket and then you take your bar cut and that's in your pocket and you make out like a bandit you know and and the local talents left holding the bag at the end of the day cuz they paid they came out the pocket right um and Sean Healy started that so you know
1: and I think like I mean we I've had this conversation with a couple of people. It's like if you know what you're getting yourself into, if it's a big enough act that you really wanna like yeah. you wanna be able to open up for and you know you can sell the tickets, then right. it's not it's not that bad. Like you you know it's you know what you're getting yourself into, you know you're gonna be on the hook for the money, but it's worth it because you get to open up for a big yeah. act, and you think you have so the people. So definitely from so the like, artist side, it could it, 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 it could be work. a good investment.
2: So and but the only way it works from the um from the other side, from the the participant or spectator side is if your opening acts are good, and they don't have to be in order to be pay right. to play. So what ends up happening is your headliner brings people in. And it's empty until right, they, right before the headliner comes right, on. So even your opening acts, they might have a little buzz and they might bring people in. But this huge venue is empty until right before the headliner comes on. And then that's when people start showing up. So pay-to-play's idea is you get exposure because people are going to come to see this act. When the reality is they come right before that act goes yeah, on. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Definitely. Then,
2: and, and then they don't stay, right? And then you got a bunch of artists – performing for just their couple fans that they brought in and maybe some fans from the group that's going next. And then what really got to me was nobody stayed around to support the scene. Once you were off stage, you left. And you took your fans with you, and you all yeah. went to Tommy's or something. Yeah,
1: you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I used to be that guy. So, yeah. uh, like, you, you know, know, you know, you live, you learn. But now, as a person who throws shows, yeah, those and those so, peeps don't usually get booked again. Like, and for me, you're not gonna hang out and chill with us, and you know, buy was some about drinks at the, the bar, like, like
2: exactly. For me, it was about the scene. It wasn't about I got on stage and I rocked, and now I'm out. It was about. I got on stage and rocked, and now I get to watch all these other dope acts, and now I get to hit these ciphers in the crowd with these other right, fools. Right, right, right. And you know, I get to smoke a blunt in the back with this other promoter that has another night. You know, and but it was,
1: if it's just a bunch of artists rapping for, for artists, artists and yeah. no one really cares about anybody, then nobody yeah, could do anything for anybody, anybody. Really, the show's be dead. Like yeah. after, yeah.
2: So you know, like I said, I came from a vibrant scene, and pay to play killed that for me, from my perspective.
1: So would you think? I mean. Forgive me if I'm being a little too, uh, you know, conceited, giving myself too much credit. Do you think we're like what I'm doing with the speakeasy? You think we're trying to bring that back a little bit? And you know, uh, so that's or hip hop so That's you've definitely right. Like it's yeah.
2: It's a well, dip. I haven't been to hip hops yet. Oh yeah, the one. Oh, you're the, talking that about the yeah, Golden Road. I, was, I thought you were talking about the other one, the one you were doing the indie. No, 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 okay, yeah, no. Yeah. We're talking about like, the, you, we're doing at Golden Road. Yeah, right? I really like that. That was really dope, and I can't wait for it to come back. Um, but at the end of the day. We were, um, when, so when I went to speak easy, the vibe I got, and the reason why I think that, that, uh, we have forged the, the relationship, the friendship that we have so quickly is because I see a lot of myself in you, like the hustle that I had, the, the passion I had for it. I see same thing with like, um, mescal and east of the river. Right, right, right. They remind me of me when I was y'all's age. Yeah. Going hard. Know? Um, and doing things and doing things for good reasons not just because I'm a dope artist but I'm a dope artist now let me help you with your cause let me help bring awareness to your causes uh, you know, when I was at Cal State LA, we used to do themed hip hop nights. Like I did a, um, a Asian Pacific, I mean, yeah, an Asian hip hop night.
1: Or Pacific Islander. Well, yeah. we
2: had a, we had a Filipino rapper, we, a Korean rapper. I had. So a it was like that pan that pan Asian yeah. identity. Type, we, had yeah. a, we had a we had a female night where it was all female artists from Sherm One on the graffiti to poets, rappers, everything. Um, you know, we did a, uh, Mecha, we co-sponsored a, a Mecha night and brought Spanish hip hop to the stage. And, you know, I mean, I even did with the Black Studio Union, we brought Caribbean cats up who, you know, happened to be in town and they yeah, came yeah, and yeah. dropped some Caribbean rhythms on us. And it was, do- it wasn't even really hip hop, you know, it was more kind of like, um, like a, like a dance hall, like rock yeah, style, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was dope. And we had a great time. It was a really cool party. Um, you know, but I've always been socially conscious and socially aware and trying to, you know, change society like I think society is a great idea, but we're not doing it. Yeah, quite it's right like yet. it's we got some outdated
1: <laughs> software, you know, yeah, like, yeah, we need to the, upgrade. the hardware is like it's not we're not running the latest software. All right, man. We're down to our last 15 minutes. And I said that for sure I want to get to three things. The teacher strike and some tips and advice that you can right. give to young artists. So let's talk about the strike. It's over. For those yeah. of you who don't know, so if, if, if anybody's so been living the, under a rock for the last fucking two, three weeks or whatever, this can you... battle's
2: over, but the war is still on. So Ush. you know, I mean, right now we're Great. we're knee deep in the fight for public education and uh, uh, everything. They're trying to privatize every freaking thing. So just like uh, Donald Trump pulled out of Syria, um, well, all of a sudden, uh, Betsy DeVos's brother, who was the founder of Blackwater, is sending you know his mercenaries over to fill the void that the troops are gonna leave right because that's privatizing the war machine right trying to do that to education as well and so you know as a teacher as a union member and and, you know I believe in unions I think unions are very important because that's the buffer between the worker and the owners Um, and in this case the the administrators and so I think it's very important that we're active in our unions I think it's important that unions uh, exist um and that they are um you know, that they, they maintain their role in society to help workers uh be treated fairly, right? Um until we change the economy, until the economy becomes a sharing economy or or um you know like a, a socialist democratic society uh we need that buffer because capitalism's number one goal is make the most profit for the least cost and the least cost is how, what you pay your workers right so uh, you get that labor for cheap yeah. basically so that's the large union picture teachers and public education um we we have we're, we're California is like number 43 in in student spending and spending per pupil but you know we're way up there when it comes to spending on inmates um, so uh, public education is being starved of funding first and foremost and then on top of that now they're allowing privatizers to come in and, and set schools. up charter schools and I won't say that all charters are bad there are a handful that I could think of that I think uh, are good and doing good run things run
1: by former teachers run by like Definitely. they they striked they went they, I mean you know, they Apex were in Academy
2: comes up as one of them in East Hollywood the other is uh, Semillas de Pueblo and El Serino um, those are basically like uh, they're indigenous you know they're they're part of of the environment that they live in, the society that they live in, and they're trying to better them. But what happens when you get charters is they're taking public money and it's administered by private organizations who may be nonprofit, but just because the school's not turning to profit doesn't mean that People these aren't getting board paid, members right? are paying themselves an exorbitant amount of money right. and not spending it on students like they should be. That doesn't really happen in public schools. I mean, uh, principals aren't giving themselves a raise, you know, using the the surplus of the budget that they save on their school to give themselves a raise. That's something that happens through bargaining, right? So uh, it's important. We need to support teachers because teachers are there for students. Um, And one of the misconceptions is that this was all about pay. Uh, Not the case. We our biggest victory was. Uh, not allowing the district to set the the terms of what, uh, of class size, right? We said, we need class size change. And they said, okay, we'll change it, but we're going to also put a clause in there that says that we can take that away and raise class size. If there's a budgetary
1: emergency. Yeah, if there's
2: a budgetary emergency, but nobody defines, they define what a budgetary emergency is. So we took that power away from them. And that's, to me, is the biggest victory. And then the pay raise is cool. You know, we haven't had a pay raise in, you know, a long time. Uh, When we do get pay raises, they're not in proportion to uh, other industries and uh, other services and things like that. So, um, you know, it's due time. So class sizes, um, the fact that we're going to have by 2020 one nurse full time five days a week at schools, one librarian, one uh, psychologist, the wraparound services that we need to help students. Um, You know, students are coming up more with depression. Some people say because of the technology and the blue light from our screens and stuff like that. I don't know what it is, but I am seeing a lot more where, you know, kids are coming up and they need to speak to somebody. They need to have access to those resources. Mm. So.
1: Well, congratulations on the victory. Thank you. I mean, there was, there was a long time where... It, it was scary, dude, to, to not was, know. It like... still
2: is. I mean, my next check is going to be really skinny, and I'm going to have to just <laughs> struggle. But like I told people, I've struggled all my life, so this ain't new to me. What I'm worried for is the people who like just got a taste of being on and having a family and got a house, and now they're like scrambling, trying to figure out how they're going to make their next house payment because they're out of this money that we're losing in the strike. Now, we're going to get some money back in the long run, but my I can't tell my bills yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't tell my rent like oh you got to just wait till next month and i'll have it for you work along yeah, so. like trump would yeah, say, right? right work along they're exactly. going to work along
1: all right uh, last 5 minutes give me some tips advice for upcoming rappers and or teachers uh,
2: so i think cuz we didn't get my to number one advice my no- <laughs> yeah, my number one advice is just to be true to yourself you know that's what i tell my kids so we could get into me being a father i have three beautiful children and my oldest is 16 la sunshine and then I have a 13-year-old, Marley Blaze, a boy, Marley Blaze. And then my son, uh, my youngest son, he's seven. His name is Damian Rea de Los Angeles. And, um, you know, when people ask me how I'm doing, I always say uh, I'm still free, I'm still alive, and my children still love me. So as You're long as that's my on, <laughs> I'm ahead of the game. So, um, you know, that that is what the focus of my life is. And, and my number one advice to them and to everybody else is, is to just always be yourself, you know. And never stop trying to find yourself and, and grow as a person and as a human being. Um, this life is meant to be lived. Life is for the living. Um, not to just sit around and wish things could be a certain way or, or want things to be a certain way or not want things to happen. Just go out and let life happen and then you know, build off of it and grow from it. You know, um, That's what I would tell you know, 23-year-old me. Hey, take the risk. Compromise your art. See what happens. Maybe it's a good thing. You know, do what they want for a while, and then they'll let you do what you want if you're successful. maybe you
1: learn something along the way, and you figure out how to fucking take over the machine. Definitely,
2: definitely. So that's, you know, basically it. And, you know, if you're going to be a teacher, make sure that this is what you want to do. Don't be a Teach for America who comes and does it for two years so you could finish your bachelor's or start your master's, and then you just leave the poor kids when you go back to wherever it is you came from, Um, what I call off-the-hill syndrome. You come off the hill to teach the poor kids, and you go back up on the hill and say, look at what I did for these Look at the great things I did for these poor kids, and, and then I you, left them there, yeah, and you just leave them so um, yeah, if you're gonna be a teacher, make sure your heart's in it. It's not an easy job, it's not for the faint of heart, man it you know it's heartbreaking at times, and it's also very invigorating too, you know, so
1: and you have to go on strike every once in a while, yeah, every
2: once in a while, yeah, <laughs> you gotta make those sacrifices, man, so that's cool, it, man. man, well, thank you for an awesome conversation. No doubt. Just wanted to see if we could plug some things real oh, quick. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Was, that, that was my next thing was Perfect. tell people where they can find you online, Perfect. and then we'll play out your song.
2: So I try to make it easy. Uh, all you have to do is Google Darkside 90042, all one word, and uh, all of my social medias and everything related to me comes up. If you just Google Darkside, a whole bunch of stuff, Star Wars comes up, and then... You know, there's this producer from Chile. Shout out to him. <laughs> um, or uh, Is it Chile? Buenos Aires? Is it? Argentina. No, Argentina. 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 Buenos Aires, Argentina. There's a cat named Darkside from Queens who spells his name with a four and a three. You were D- going to battle four. him, right? Ar- <laughs> yeah. When I went out to New York, I was challenged to a battle, but he happened to be. He's the one I think that was from Chile or Peru or something like that. Um, so Darkside, 90042. That's D-A-R-K-S-I-D-E, 90042. All my social medias come up. I got SoundCloud. Um, I got Bandcamp, uh, CD Baby, Uh, Spotify, you could find me under Dark Innocence. That's my latest project with me and the homie Multi Beats. Mine are the Innocent Beats. Uh, We got a project called Dark Innocence, and that's on CD Baby. So you could find me there. Uh, You just type in Dark Innocence uh, 1, I believe, the number 1. And uh, it'll come up. And then on Spotify, same thing, Dark Innocence.
1: And what's up with this song we're about to play? And Um, and if you're going to watch on YouTube, we're going to put the the video up. So the
2: first song that we played was called They'd Rather See Me Lose, uh, featuring DJ Seedless on the first verse. And then DJ Mino from Numerous Cat was on the cuts. Uh, This next song we shot a video for is called Take It or Leave It. And, uh, you know, it's just a little grimy, real lyrical uh, thing. We put the video up just recently, and I've just been, you know, pushing it out uh, through my, um, you know, through my social medias, trying to get people to watch it, get eyes on it.
1: For sure. Well, we're gonna fucking play it right now. We're gonna put the uh, we're gonna put the video on at the end of the YouTube and Dope. if you're listening live or if you're listening on the podcast, go check out the go check out my YouTube channel. Go find me everything that has to do with Sneaky at s h n e a k y dot net. And um, February is coming up, so if y'all want to catch me at any of my February events, on February eighth we'll be doing Speakeasy again at the Redwood Room. Uh on February 9th, we'll be back at Indy for Beer My Valentine. Um, the 10th, February 10th, is the East Los Angeles Art Walk, and I'm going to have DJs and vendors and all the good things we always bring. And then on the 12th, I'll be back at Katie Jakes in Covina, and Covina, I'll be performing some new music off a new project I have coming up along with Poetic Force, one of the old school homies from back in the day. So like a lot coming up. Check out Sneaky ENT for all the upcoming events, flyers, and all that. I'll be posting up things on my personal at official Sneaky page about Dark Side and the sponsors and all the podcast stuff. So if you like what we're doing here, you're interested, make sure you subscribe, make sure you leave us a rating. All of it helps. Share, comment, like, tell your peeps about it. Follow us on everything. Follow the sponsors. Let's keep this freaking community building, and um, no doubt. look forward for all the dope shit that we got coming up. And, and- one thing
2: I forgot was, um, you know, if you're interested in working towards uh, ending homelessness, like we are, uh, make sure you go to Artists United to End Homelessness on Facebook, um, and I believe it's just A U E H on uh, Instagram. So follow us and see. Uh, come to our events, support, and uh, you know, come help us and this crisis
1: and a side note john is actually going to be at the next speakeasy perfect he's going to come like an hour before so we could chat yeah, about and, stuff and
2: john is from orange county music league yeah yeah, so yeah. Be well great we met connect, so like man. we actually
1: yeah. met and i was super impressed with everything he's doing we're yeah, actually talking doing about big things man. trying to throw a benefit show to buy another shower for hope yeah to buy them another vehicle so that's
2: that's kind of what we're so there's a lot of things happening, man. And We're doing great things. That's On what I top like about of that, speaking. just
1: one more thing, last connection. If y'all remember, I forget what episode where I had the black and brown movement on. Uh, Shout out to the homies. I dude. met those cats through this cat. And it's just a testament of more people that are legitimately doing the work, yep. not just talking about it. You know, the homies are out there uh, doing youth programs. We got yep. teachers striking. We're trying to... Artists are uniting to end homelessness. We're trying to buy showers, like tangible, real goals to do real things to affect our communities in real ways. So if you if you focus on that, possible. if that's what you're about, then you need to click up, follow, link in, tap in. Take, you know, take take this journey with us. And we have a
2: good time while we're doing it too. I think oh, that's what's dope, man. We have the most we always fun. Have a
1: good time we have while the we're doing most it, fun. Yes, sir. I mean if people listen to the half of this conversation, it was just about game fucked I we really up. are. <laughs>
2: we really are a revolutionary party. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> we gotta oh, put oh. the party on And there. that's why we're <laughs> at the
1: after party. Dog!
2: Yeah, yeah. All right, well we're out of here. Been a great the night, name man. of this song? Uh, this is called Take It or Leave It.
1: Take it or leave it from Dark Side nine zero zero four two.
2: Off the Dark Innocence album. Fall down seven times, get up eight.
1: We're here every Monday night from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the west side of the after party. I love all of you. I appreciate all of you. And Brittany, take us out.
0: These strings will have you twisted, just trying to survive. Every morning my eyes open, I'm grateful to be alive, arrived at this ripe old age. Not by mistake, but because I properly wait. Every decision that I make, all hard, never have hard, half heart, half mine. Me and my crew are no joke, old Tron when we combine, Inclined to cause damage, my fellow thigh, time. Just to stop the beating, got your whole squad retreated, hard collected, defeating every challenge, a reason being. We seasoned in the scene, been doing it for stripes, and life is but a dream. It seems an American nightmare. You got guns, they got droves, what you expect them to fight man, Take flight in their lives, they say it's not fair. Mine's a battle tested. I stay invested in protecting my investment. You're lucky if you're left with a breath in your body. Got me all my English shit. Teaching Left. I told you once, yo. I never say it twice. Don't make me come out the frame, cause it ain't nothing nice. You wanna play the game? You're gonna have to pay the price and be ready for anything. Is my only advice. Testing boundaries, bounding obstacles I'm bound to be reaping the bounty of my labor Savor the flavor of victory Nectar sweet, fleet, fleets, to defeat Lingers, five fingers ain't shit to a fist You get the middle, the bulls and the dill stick Real quick, to put you out your misery Brutally slow, I don't usually go out of my way To slay a snake when I'm too busy hunting dragons Fire breathing, I'm believer Sending you to your afterlife, me Jamaica Taker of souls, creator of foes That a formidable, I'm unforgettable. Legitimate, I go for the gusto To be unforgettable is my goal, so I bust those flows like tools to a fix in the ground I come on with the style and show you how I get down So back the fuck up off me, I'm fresher than any oddity If I'm in the house, it's getting torn down More likely than probably If I told you once, yo, I never say it twice Don't make me come out the frame Cause it ain't nothing nice You am to play the game You wanna have to the ready for anything It's my only fight If I told you once, yo, I never say it twice Don't make me come out the frame. Cause it ain't nothing nice like You wanna play the game You are gonna have to pay the price And be ready for anything Is my only advice